Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSP Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. If you needed a quick way to try to learn as much as possible, as fast as possible, to have a great impact in your organization, here's what you can get started with. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSP Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. You've just been elevated to a new role. Now you're a manager. You've become a supervisor. While this is a niche for Danny's company at Meetup, Many organizations are challenged with helping to elevate the right people and then giving them the tools to be successful in that role. But what should these new leaders know? We wanted to provide some tips for these new managers who are in these roles to find great success. And trust me, if you're a seasoned manager out there, there's nothing wrong with a refresher course. Perhaps these tips can also benefit you in your role. Danny? Thank you, David. As David stated, this may not be all the tips that's going to help you to be successful, but we try to compile it into a few short tips to help you. There's a whole series of leadership courses that we've developed that you can take that leadership training track for first-time first time managers that will really help you. But if you needed a quick way to try to learn as much as possible, as fast as possible, to have a great impact in your organization, Here's what you can get started with. First of all, you need to understand what are the expectations? Do you have clearly defined expectations? Not just for yourself, but also from your manager. A lot of times we think about this new role. We think that, okay, what does my manager want? I'm just going to go do that. And you think that's all you need to do. What are the expectations? Any job you take, it doesn't matter what it is. Your first 60, 90 days, and Dave and I will do another training module on that, a podcast on that as well. But what is the expectation for you as a manager? What do you need to hit? What do you need to have completed to consider a win in that new role? Ask your boss. Don't be afraid. You got this Mm -hmm. new position. Ask, hey, I know when I apply for the new job, it said these are going to be my clearly defined role that I need to do each and every single week. 
every month, every quarter, each year. But what do you want me to do? And what do you want from my team in order to consider a success? Write those down because you're going to need to live by that. You need to make sure that when you do your one-on-one with your manager, and I hope it's each week, we get lazy at times. You want to do one-on-one maybe once a quarter or maybe when the numbers start dipping, we're not hitting our KPIs. We're not hitting the, the numbers that we're supposed to hit. Maybe that's when the manager say, hey, I need to meet with you. I hope that you're doing it each week and not maybe once a quarter or whatever something bad is happening. Now, the second thing you need to think about is what is the expectation you need to have for your team? It is so easy to be able to say, you know, I was successful. I had 200% of my quota every single quarter. I was really, really well. I had this strategy of prospecting, this strategy of follow-up, this strategy of social media. You may have had all those strategies and they worked for you, but that doesn't mean they work for every member of your team. Unless every member of your team is type A, it's not going to work. So it's important. Sit down, do a disc profile with each member of your team if you can. Make sure that you understand what type of personality they have, how they work. And the expectation should always be that every member of your team will hit and exceed quota. Yes, that's the expectation. But how you treat that member is going to be very important. And you need to make sure as a manager, it's not your job to treat them that you would treat yourself. It's your job to be an advocate for them, to go to bat for them. Make sure they have the right tools. Do they have the right tools to help make their jobs easier so they can spend more time prospecting, more time providing a great customer experience than having to do back-end office work? That's going to increase frustration. Your job is to get rid of that frustration. Your job is also to go to bat with HR to provide them with just the right amount of education they need so that they, they can continue to develop as well and hopefully be in the situation that you're in become a manager. David? Dan, I totally agree with you. It's important that from the very beginning on the onset, that expectations are very clear. You need to know from your boss, your CEO, your specific manager, who you report to, what is a successful job from their perspective? What are the measurements that they're expecting you to hit? What are the KPIs that they're expecting you to hit? That way, you don't go back and you're met with frustration, you're met with confusion, you're met with uncertainty, because you can't be successful as a manager if you don't know what's expected of you. And I think that's important. So I'm glad you brought that up, Dan. My second tip for new managers, for new supervisors, past success doesn't mean future success. What do I mean by that? I'm going to give a sports analogy. Not all of the absolute best top athletes in the world can become great coaches. It doesn't matter if you ruled your sport. You were the Michael Jordans, the Tiger Woods of the world. It doesn't mean you're going to become a great coach. Oftentimes, it's the people that weren't necessarily seen as the number one go-to person that becomes incredible coaches because they're so observant. They see the ins and outs of the game. They see how all the pieces go together and how they work. And so just because you were a successful sales leader, just because you were the number one quota hitter, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be the best manager. So don't let the past fool you into assuming that you're going to be successful as a manager. So what I would say is be willing to learn, be willing to be a student of the game, have a growth mindset. Because if you don't have a growth mindset, you're not going to set yourself up nor your team for success. In the spirit of coaching, and I'm going to turn this over to Danny in a second, 
What I've also been told for people that are in the coaching industry or people that are professional coaches is that they're oftentimes at their jobs studying all day, all night. That whole concept of game planning, they're learning, they're studying. What what are the habits of the people they're going to face, the opponents they're going to face? What are some tendencies you're seeing in your own players? How are you going to set your team up for success? So they're studying hours upon hours to set their teams up for success. This film study goes a long way. And so because you're looking at yourself as I'm now in a new role, I want to be successful. I've got to learn as much as I can to set my team up for success and not just rely on the past. Dan, can you share perhaps for our listening audience what it's like to be a coach and the amount of time that's literally spent in studying the film time, the coaching time, and why it's important not to let the past just be that sense of what I would call fool, fool's gold and just think you're going to have success because of the past, but you can learn from the past. But talk about what goes into coaching and why that's so important from film study. We'll be right back after this short break. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Pigs don't have to fly for you to retire a millionaire. Optimize how you spend, save, and grow your money with the Millionaire Me app. Millionaire Me was designed to help Gens X, Y, and Z become after-tax millionaires in retirement. Even if you haven't started saving, you can get started. Get all the tools that you'll need in one easy-to-use app to get you toward your goal of retiring as a millionaire. So remember, pigs don't have to fly for you to retire a millionaire. Go to the App Store, download the app to get started, and even now you could join in their campaign this month entitled the March Forward Savings Challenge. Get started and learn how to become that millionaire. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast, and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Thank you, David. I will tell you, first of all, you have to invest in your people, no matter what. 
always invest in your people. And if you're not investing in your sales leaders and you're not providing them continuous education, you're doomed to fail to hit your numbers as an organization as a whole. And as a football coach, it was so important for me as I was coming into coaching football for so many years is that I had a head football coach and athletic director who believed that all the coaches needed to have education development. And so we would always go to football clinics, always go to football clinics. That's the first thing because you can always learn something new. And in these football clinics, we had division one head football coaches. I remember one year we had Mike Leach uh, at at one of the football clinics and uh, God rest his soul, great football coach, an innovator ahead of his time. And he would teach us different offensive uh, skill sets and what to look for. At times, we in our head, in our sheet, if you don't know this, we'll know if it's second down and distance. Well, in our play calling sheet, we would say, okay, these are the plays that we would call in second down and short. But Mike would always say, not just look at that, but also what has the defense been giving you? And so as an offensive person, we had to learn a lot of defensive skills defensive cover schemes, you would think, hey, you never learn about defense. You have to learn as much about your enemy as much as you learn about your own team. It was so important to learn all those aspects. So yes, I may prepare for a game and we might have beaten that team uh, early in the season, beating them really, really well. We might have won by three touchdowns, but now we're in the playoffs. And that team from the beginning of the year, they've learned themselves. They learned their, their identity. They've learned how to work together they learn how to be less selfish. And a lot of times football players think, hey, you know, football is a game of, of just selfishness, you know, because you shine. You may be the wide receiver, the star quarterback, the star defensive end. But the whole team wins together. And this team learned how to play together, how to be selfless. And in playoff time, we almost lost. They were handing us our lunch because we got lazy in development. We got lazy and learning how to game plan properly because we like, oh, we don't need to study film. We beat these guys before. We beat these guys in the past. We're okay. <laughs> and I tell you what, it, it was at the, it was halftime, good correction by the head coach. Yeah. Great correction by the head coach to go back into a new mindset, a new development plan that we had to put in place. And that's why it was very important as a coach to listen, to watch, to prepare. And in that halftime, I mean, I mean, we pulled up this tool called Huddle, and this is the tool we use to watch other teams. And we just started seeing little differences that was going on. And then we exploited those differences. And that's why it was so important to make sure that you plan, that you game yeah. film. The past success does not mean we'll be successful in the future. And so as a sales leader, you have to ask yourself the same question. What made me successful allow me to make this leap into the promotion to become a first-line manager, first-time first-line manager does not mean it will continue to be successful. Customers change. Buying patterns change. Technology change. The, this whole set of COVID has changed everything to where now the customer is so much more aware, do much more research to where you don't need to go through the whole sales process with the customer anymore. There's a, different aspects of selling now. So it's very important that we take our time, understand, and prepare properly. Yeah. David, I think that's so key. Thanks for bringing that up. Certainly, Dan. And I'm, I'm glad that you were able to share from a personal perspective as a coach 
why you can't just rely on the past, but that you got to continue to stay innovative. You got to continue to have a growth mindset that you're going to continue to learn because when you put yourself on that path as a, as a learner, as a student, quote unquote, of the game, that's when you're going to be able to help your team to become more successful. That's when you're going to be able to see the most growth out of your team members, those that directly report to you. And then thus, you're going to be able to grow as a leader and stay on the edge, even for the people that you're responsible for. And that's why it's important to do that. I think what I want to share, Dan, as we go into the next tip is that we keep in mind that this program, what we're talking about, isn't just for the rock stars out there. Although all of you guys are rock stars. It's for you who are striving to be the best leader you could be in the role that you have. Because when you strive to be the best leader in that role, you're elevating everybody else around you. I believe that. Because Dan said earlier, it's not just about the quarterback. It's not just about the wide receiver. It's collectively as a team, how do we all grow to collectively work in sync, to be able to work with the right chemistry, to take advantages of the what I would call the situation on the field, in order for us to set up our team for success. Dan, there was another thing I want to talk about as it comes to the tip and, and something I think we could touch on here. The next couple of tips is, is, is our communication, watching how we speak. So I, I'm going to jump into this here, Dan, because we have to be mindful as a leader, how we speak. And this is going to come on two fronts. The first front is how you speak to yourself. And the second front is how you speak to your people. Why is this important? Because it's important that you understand that if you speak to yourself in a negative tone, in a negative way, and you don't view yourself that way, it's eventually going to seep out of you, so to speak, into your people. And if you speak badly about yourself, they're going to follow that same spirit, that same culture. And you don't want that. You want it to be a, a culture of uplifting, encouragement. You want it to be one where we learn from our mistakes, when we say, hey, I'm going to overcome that differently, but you don't want to be down on yourself, the Debbie Downer, because that's not a team I want to be a part of. I want to be a part of a team where we're uh, looking at each other from the best perspective. We're looking at the best opportunities that could come from what we're doing. We want to talk highly about ourselves and highly about the people we're leading. The second front on this is not just about how you talk about yourself. It's how you talk about others in your organization. For those of you that are in this role, many of you are either taking over someone who was in that role that wasn't successful themselves, or they got elevated and promoted. And the last thing you want to do is talk down about them. How you talk about people in your organization matters. Oh, if I talk ill about that person, or they weren't ter they weren't that good, they were terrible, which is why I'm here. I'm the savior. You know what that does? It sets your team members up for failure or it sets them up to believe they have to hold back from being their true selves. Why? Because ultimately they're going to think you talk about them behind their back. Or when things don't go right, you go, you're, you're going up to your bosses and telling them how terrible people that they are, that you got to somehow lift them up, elevate them up. I love watching true sports. And when the coach sees that things go well, he's still elevating his players. When a coach sees that things don't go well, he's not dogging his players. He's saying, I could have called a better game. Right. Or I should have seen that happening. Don't talk bad about yourself, number one. And number two, don't talk ill or bad about other people in your organization. That helps nobody. That helps nobody. And if you talk down about other people around your people, they will believe you talk about them. So watch your speech. Watch how you talk about yourself. 
and watch how you talk about people in the organization. Nobody wins when you talk bad about them. We only win when we see the best in each other and we talk about opportunities that we're learning from watching others and watching our own speech. So watch your speech because it's very important how you talk about yourself and how you talk about others. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jackowitz. That's Paul, J-A-C-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z.com. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a spectacular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Thanks, David. I think the, the next tip that we're talking about is clear communication. And there's going to be two aspects that we speak about in this clear communication. One is making sure you're effective in your communication. And number two is how to have a difficult conversation. So mm. when it comes to clear communication, you can always tell your employees, um, make this number. Well, what does that really mean? What it means essentially is that you have to communicate how they're going to make their number. Mm. What activities do they need to do? Who do they need to communicate with in your company? So you can state during your one-on-one with each employee, and I hope as a first-line manager, because all your employees are unique and different, you have this disc profile, hopefully, that you've been able to do with your team, that when you meet with them one-on-one, you can actually coach to their coach up their weaknesses and continue to do what I call praise their strength. But it's important when you sit down with this individual and you can say, look, you struggle with how to handle objections with your clients. And I think it's because you're insecure. You don't understand the product. And what is going to be very important is I need to make sure that you receive more product training so that you can feel confident when a customer asks you SYZ, you know how to respond back to them. How about we set you up, have the training completed by next week, and then go back and review and see how your communication with customers are taking place after that. How does that sound to you? Do you feel like this is going to help you to, su- to succeed? Absolutely. And so here's the clearly defined expectation for your employee. I'm going to set you up with training. Training takes four days a week, 30 minutes each day. Each day of the week, you're going to reply back to me what you learned from the training, how you can apply it to the next conversation you have with your client. And then when you have the conversation with a future client, you're going to record that training and you're going to take notes afterwards and you're going to reply back to me how you've developed and how you've grown. Does that make sense? So you not only are providing them the tools to be successful, you're giving the clear 
communication on what they need to do in order to be successful. To say, go do this and then hope that things change in a week is not going to work. You have to give them the clearly communicate the steps that they need to take to be successful. Now, the second thing is uh, how to communicate misunderstandings and how to have difficult conversations. David, I'm going to let you jump in on that real quick uh, because I think sometimes as sales managers, we so into communicating one way that when a person is not successful, we want to go off on the rails on them because what we think should be successful is not working. What are your thoughts on that, David? I agree that it's important that we manage that in the right way because how you handle disappointment can plant the seed for that person growing in discouragement, growing into a point where they see themselves in a negative way and they eventually phase out or fail out. But you can also plant the seed to where you can have a difficult conversation and it can lead to great success because what happens is when you have that kind of conversation, then they grow from that. They learn from that. Number one, I would say is be a great listener. We'll talk about this in a moment, but you got to be a great listener that you're willing to hear them out. Now, you might think, I don't want to hear excuses, but you need to hear what came or what led to them making those decisions. So hear them out and be a good listener. Don't, don't listen to correct right away, but listen to understand. Listen to provide great support for them and to set them up to where they can keep coming to you so they can learn from that failure. Number two, don't soften the blow by minimizing their mistake. Don't just go, oh, it's all right, you'll, you'll get over it. No, you want to teach them through the mistake. Don't minimize it. Teach, train, talk through expectation. So you want to be a good listener. You don't want to minimize. You want to also be a solution-focused list, uh, leader. Show them how to have a different outcome by listening to them, by coming up with a solution, but asking them, what do you think can be done differently? What do you think should be an approach that you should take going forward when it comes to these situations. And then, like I said, you don't sugarcoat it. You don't minimize it. And you got to be clear with your, you're clear with your communication. Let them know when they leave that meeting or that conversation, what they learned, what they needed to take away from that so that they don't make the same mistake again. Because if you would just put a tap on the hand, they're not going to change. <laughs> so be direct. Don't be indirect. Be direct. And then I also want to say this. And this is going to lead to our next point, Dan, about being consistent. Because if you only have these tough conversations when things don't go right, then they're going to try to avoid that. They're going to try to hide from that. So be clear. Keep your disposition calm. Don't just get riled up and angry, throwing things on the wall and, and, and making them feel like, oh, my gosh, if I come talk to David and then he's going to be mad and throw a fit. No. And be a great listener. Because when you're listening, you're curious. When you're listening, you're trying to understand the thought processes of what led them to make those decisions, what led them down that path. And it also gives you the ability to collect information about, okay, here's what I need to avoid next time with them, or here's how I need to set them up for success, or maybe this isn't the right role for them. You've got to be those curious leaders, those consistent leaders, and you've got to understand that there are techniques that you could implement to show respect to show understanding, but to be clear so that they don't make those mistakes going down the road. Don't avoid conversations. You need to have them because when you avoid them, you're only setting yourself up for more failure. And you might be building this dam to where eventually that dam 
gives way. Don't do that. Have difficult conversations when you need to have them, but be consistent, be clear, be curious, and keep your temperament the same. You don't want to go off on them. So tip number five, Dave, is to be, be consistent, as you brought up earlier. Uh, first time managers, it's very important that you set up what we call weekly one-on-ones. You need to set up the right coaching that takes place with your employees. One-on-ones is not a time to what I call berate an employee. It is a time to coach, coach them up. If you ever played any type of sport, played any type of musical instrument, you understand what it means to coach somebody up. It is helping them to see, helping them to develop, and then praising them along the way. That's really what's most important. It's also time to sit down and look at the numbers. And when I say look at the numbers, it's not the standard numbers of how many closed ones we have. I think it's very important to look at the steps. You can ask them, look, you've had this many calls and you seem to fail right here. Why do you think that this is a part that you're always failing at or having a problem succeeding at? You want to make the coaching session where they talk as well, where they give feedback to you as well. And they can say, look, every time I get to that part, I freeze. I'm just not ready. I just don't know. I just don't understand. When they ask me a question about the product, that's when I just don't know what to do. So you want to give them that opportunity to talk about it, but then encourage them to be better. And you can't do that unless you have consistent one-on-ones. But remember, Mm -hmm. when you have the consistent one-on-ones and you're training employees and you build them up, you want to be consistent on that as well. If every one-on-one is you yelling at them because they're not making their numbers, then they're not going to look forward to one-on-ones. They're going to dread it. In fact, that might be the start of when they start looking for a new job. Yeah. And a lot of times people don't leave jobs because they don't like the company, leave jobs because they don't like the manager. And it takes a long time to develop a new employee. Use one-on-ones as an opportunity not to push people away, but to bring closer people closer to you. And during your one-on-ones, you want to be consistent in how you do your one-on-ones. You want to be consistent on the fact that each week you're, you're collecting feedback, positive, negative. You're asking open-ended questions. You're developing, hey, what can I do as your leader, as your manager to strengthen you? What can I do? What education do you need in order to get better? It's not just a way to show why they're failing. That's the last thing you want to do. Because if you're consistently during your one-on-one showing why they're failing, they're not going to show up. They're not going to be part of that one-on-one at all. Dave, I think you want to add another component when it comes to the listening skills during one-on-one, right? Do, Dan. I think it's so important, as you mentioned earlier, Open-ended questions are the way to go, but you're listening not for areas that you got to correct all the time, but you're listening for opportunities that they can correct themselves. You're listening for opportunities that they can become more independent and not so rely on you that they're afraid to make mistakes. We want to bring the best out of our people. We want to let them shine. We want to let them be creative and find solutions. So listen for opportunities that they may not see themselves. Figure out what motivates them. Some people, as Dan mentioned earlier, they they thrive on praise, praising them, giving them encouraging feedback. But you want to find ways to listen to the gaps, listen for the opportunities, and then inject them in there. Inject them in there. What would they do? What would you do differently? What are some things you could do going forward? And this is what helps them to grow. So be consistent. As Dan mentioned earlier, don't find the faults, find opportunities. And when you're consistent, they will look for times to come to you. They will look for opportunities to grow from this. And this is how organizationally you thrive. Tip number six. I think this is a very important tip. 
your own personal professional development. Too many times, managers have not received continuous education themselves. And that is the number one reason, I believe, not your employees, that's the number one reason why your team does not make their numbers. It's because you continue to educate yourself. As David and I talked about earlier when I was coaching football, is that we would always go to football clinics and we'd always go to these coaching clinics to learn more. And we would actually pay to have successful Division I coaches come in and, and coach us. And it was so important to be able to hear different perspectives. It was so important to be able to hear how we communicate with our employee, our team members, how we can compare, uh, how we communicate with the people that we coach. It's very important. Yeah. It's so easy. And, and I see this a lot of times. Coaches will yell at their, their pl- players for doing something stupid. And I always look at it as, hey, get your head up. I wouldn't put you in that situation if I, if I didn't believe you could do it. Go out and do it next time. Do it the right way so we can win. We need you. We need you right now. Get your head back in the game. Stop putting yourself down. Think positive. We need you. And I believe in you. That's why you're going back in. Hey, the next play, go back in. That's why it's important. So for you as a first-line manager, if you're not receiving professional development to enhance yourself, to help you to be a consistent winner as a leader, Go to your second line manager, go to HR and say, I need training. I want training. I want to invest in professional growth. And professional growth could be learning how to speak, taking a public speaking course. It could be an executive presence course. It can be learning how to look at the data better so that you can learn and see the warning signs sooner than later. The last thing you want to do is wait two weeks before the end of the quarter to start seeing warning signs. you got to see it in the very beginning. Start seeing the trends. This is stuff that you can learn when you go through professional development training. It's very important. If you don't do that, then ultimately your team may not make their numbers. And then all the team members may not make their numbers. And then at the end of the day, the organization doesn't make their numbers. And that's not what we want. We want everybody to be successful. And if you need assistance and you want assistance to develop your personal growth and your professional growth, reach out to us at App Meetup. This is what we do. We actually have training courses, not just for SDRs, BDRs, AEs, and channel managers. We have courses for first-line managers, second-line managers, all the way up to the C-suite. And we want to make sure that you are developing yourself so that your organization at the end of the day can be successful. David, what are some other thoughts that you have about other leadership modules and courses that can be taken? I think it's important, first of all, to figure out what your role is within your organization and to align with podcasts, align with trainings that complement what you're trying to go after, that focuses on the areas that you're trying to grow in. Perhaps you know in your own role that you're not the best at listening, or maybe you could work on listening skills, then you take a module on that. Or you go to App Meetup and you say, hey, based on the, your, your library of courses and trainings, these are the areas that I think I could do better in. Maybe I need to learn how to be a more empathetic leader. Maybe I need to know how to become a, a servant leader. Maybe I need to learn how to follow through with a plan for one-on-one meetings in terms of being successful. So figure those things out. And the other thing I would say is be, be hungry. Be hungry as someone who's going to absorb books, 
who's going to absorb trainings, modules, whatever it might be. I know for my twin, he's an avid reader. And so he might say, hey, I want to do one junk book. That's something I just love reading once a month. And then two, three books a month, I'm going to focus on my own personal growth as a leader. So whatever it takes to fuel that, go after it. But make sure you are growing personally as a leader, because my opinion is this. Your team can only go as far as you grow as a leader. Okay. If you're not growing, what are they following? You've got to keep growing for them to be inspired enough to keep growing themselves. My personal opinion is this. If you expect them to grow, they need to see you growing. That's the way it should be. The, the last thing I want to share, Dan, is this real quick, is, is I think the last tip I want to provide, and we could do many, many tips, but here's my last tip. Get a mentor. Get a mentor. I have mentors in different areas of my life, but get a mentor for the role that you're in. And it doesn't have to be someone in your own company. You have a boss, someone you report to. It could be somebody you respect within your field. You might have LinkedIn that in your LinkedIn network, you have someone that you know that's done that role or that's been down that path. Call them up and say, hey, are you open to bring somebody in as a mentee? If you can't find a mentor, get a coach. But you've got to have someone you could go to as a sounding board, someone who's going to call you out on your baloney, someone's going to call you to be accountable, someone's going to help support you with their network, who's going to help you as a leader. So find a mentor or find a coach, and it could be even someone outside because you need that bounce, that 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 person that's going to encourage you, that's going to challenge you, that's going to understand your role, what you're doing in your place. And they're going to give you the right feedback. I think it's important, no matter what role you're in, how long you've been in that role, that you find a mentor. I think some of my best growth, Dan, has been just shadowing somebody. You just shadow somebody in your respective field, your respective industry. You don't go in. You just go in learning. You sit there and you mentally watch how they handle conversations or you watch how they handle discouragements or disruptions in the workplace. When you do that, it's going to help you as a leader. So my thought is, find a mentor or find a coach. David, great, great insight. I think everybody, doesn't matter who they are in life, can always learn. We're so happy and successful that, uh, we're so just so happy that a lot of the people that we've had on our podcast, successful leaders, they all have had mentors. If you hear their story, they said, hey, I learned from this person. I meet with this person. This person was instrumental in my growth. Instrument, they, they've all went after mentorship. And you don't have to be a manager. If your goal is one day to become a manager, leverage your network. Find that person that inspires you. Find that person that is in the position that you may want to be in and go after that. As David said, I want to congratulate you. If you're a first-time manager, congratulations. This is a great opportunity. This is the next evolution of your career development, the next evolution of your goal. Hopefully one day of being a vice president or being in the C-suite. So congratulations. Do not get overhyped and start thinking you can change the world right now. Follow these steps. Make sure you have a clearly defined expectations, one for yourself and one from your manager. What does it take to be successful in this role? What do you want to see? Number two, past success doesn't mean future success. It doesn't. In the football world, in the football analogy, you're always studying film. You're always looking at what can be the game changer. What can we do to be a winner? So your past success, what helped you to become successful and get into this role does not mean it's the same thing that all your other employees need. 
Some of them may need it, others may not. Use the disc profile. Watch your speech. As David said, watch how you talk. Are you a negative talker? Are you a positive talker? Do you talk about people behind their back? You do not want to do any of that because your people will see it. Your employees will see it and they will imitate it because they want to be like you. And you don't want to be that team that is that way. Make sure you clearly communicate. Clearly communicate expectation. Make sure that when you ask your employee to do something, you actually clearly communicate the steps so that they can be uh, successful. It's very important. A lot of times we just say, hey, go do this, and we walk away. Uh, Bill, do what? How do I do that? No one told me exactly how. I haven't had the training, the development to do that yet. How do you want me to do that? So many times you just think, if I just, if I just tell a person to do it, next week it'll be done. No, you got to communicate that very, very well. Be consistent. It's very important that when you have consistency, your people will be successful. This includes having one-on-ones that you do not miss. And if you have to miss it, you reschedule it, but you don't miss it. This is the time to help your employees and coach them up. This is the time that you help them to feel that this is where they can communicate with you in an open communication mindset to that you can help develop them. You have to be able to ask open-ended questions. This is a time where you're consistently helping them to say one thing they can that's been good, something they might be able to work on, another good thing that's good. You want to do that sandwich effect. And then develop yourself. That is so important. If you are a first-time manager, you want to be successful with the rest of your career, go after training. Go after education. It's not just one thing to watch a learning video online. You better receive some coaching as well. And that's one of the things I'm very happy that we do at our company. We're not just a training company. We're a coaching company. We'll provide you training, but then we also provide you a life coach to make sure you help put it into practice. And then finally, go find a mentor. Go find a mentor. Why is that important? There's so many successful entrepreneurs who have what I call retired now or who are in the process of retiring. They had nothing better to do in life. Didn't want to feel like they're giving back to you. Go find those mentors. They don't have to be in your company. They do not have to be in your company. You do not have to look at your manager and think, okay, he or she is my mentor. No, I encourage you to find a mentor outside of your company. Go on these social media sites, LinkedIn, Facebook, and all, whatever, wherever you find the leadership communities. I can give you 50 of them right now off the top of my head. Listen to the podcast. Listen to the different communities. Become an active member, not a passive, an active member of these communities. And then in these communities, you're going to find some great people and then ask them to be a mentor. But don't just take. You want to give as well. My twin and I are going to include future episodes for your leadership style, your leadership growth for first-time managers. We're going to help you understand what to expect the first 90 days of being a manager or first 90 days of being a supervisor. And this is going to include how to build trust and how to make sure your team thrives to success. Thank you very much for joining us. We're very excited. We hope that this provides you some insights, some nuggets of wisdom to help you as a first-line manager. See you next time on Twins Talk It Up. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSB Leadership and visit us online at dsbleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.
Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSP Leadership and visit us online at dspleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.